0: For those of you that would be interested in supporting our work and contributing more proactively, you can find our new Patreon page at patreon.com. Then search for Resilience Unraveled. So let's get started. Enjoy the show. Hi, and welcome back to Resilience Unraveled. Today uh, with me is Donna Dahl. She's a an exceptional coach with a, an amazing skill set recognized with a number of awards the 2016 women of inspiration award for lifetime achievement the queen elizabeth ii diamond jubilee medal and the 100th anniversary international women's day award for outstanding service to business she's got a master's degree in educational psychology a background in neurolinguistics and mediation and a vast experiences as a journalist and editor together have melded into her unique and significant professional profile. And one thing that even more impressive than that is she's from Canada. So hello, Donna, how are you?
1: I am well. Thank you for inviting me.
0: Well, tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is that you do, Donna.
1: Oh, thank you. Uh, I am a master empowerment coach. I enjoy working with individuals who are looking to uh, take a step forward into the realm of confidence and and enthusiasm. That's uh, If that should happen to be in the frame of, you know, I've always thought there was a book in me and I would like to write it, I would be delighted to have a conversation with you because Stepping into that, that foray of, uh, of building a manuscript it is, uh, is a very special uh, and, and intimate process and deserves uh, all the tender, loving care that, uh, that I can bring and that the author brings to, to this exercise. Wow. So you work with people to help them
0: write and launch books. Is that right? Is that the idea? Yes. Okay. Yes. And so how come, so you obviously have written a book. So how come you, how did you come to write a book?
1: Well, that's, uh, that's something very interesting because it had never occurred to me particularly to write a book. But uh, a, about 10 years or so after the car accident, I was in um a woman here in Calgary who was publishing a magazine and invited me to write an article for her. And I didn't think I was qualified. I didn't think I was an appropriate choice. I didn't think that what I had to say would really matter. It, Writing and putting words together on paper had become a very difficult exercise post-accident, and it took three weeks to write a thousand words. My husband finally said, just send it. Just like... And no sooner had I pushed send, but five minutes later, the publisher sent a message back and said, perfect. I said, oh... So, so if I decided that I wanted to do this again, that benchmark is really, really high, and I'm not sure that I would want to set myself up for failure. Mm. I was not not very confident in in my, my ability to redo something twice, never mind, three times. the article came out and I was challenged to make the book into an article and i just said you know it's a thousand words you're an intelligent person i'm sure you get it just read between the lines you're fine <laughs> and i just, i kept being prodded till finally i said to myself you know i'm going to double dog dare myself to see if this is something i could do and the first draft was 53 pages And I said, I can make this into a book. Mm. So 14 months after the article was published, I launched a book. That book launched a coaching enterprise. And uh, so I have been coaching now for 17 years. Wow.
0: So it's strange how something as unfortunate as an accident can actually open paths and gateways and choices and opportunities. And, and I'm guessing it didn't seem like that at the time of an accident.
1: Uh, I went through uh, a long, long grieving process. Uh, grieving, uh, grieving the things in in my mind that I thought were lost grieving my former career grieving, grieving that social environment uh, in, a, in a work environment and now being in a situation where I was alone, I was by myself I was um, I needed to find a way to support my belief in myself that I could heal and when others around you can't see See that there's anything different. It's difficult for them to understand or empathize that what's going on inside is different.
0: Yes. Interesting. So, what actually happened in the accident? Because you've mentioned it, but I mean, then only tell us if you want to. But uh, what, what, what was the? Because this is such a significant event in your life, what actually, what actually took place? Uh,
1: I the functionality in my right arm, my right hand was was compromised. Oh. Uh, I had difficulty walking after the accident, and I had difficulty with short term memory, difficulty with with being able to engage in conversations. So I, I could tell you. That I had something for breakfast that was it was round and you could peel it and it came out in sections but for some reason or other the word orange was absent from my memory. Right wow
0: and of course the thing with situations like that is that it's 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 understandable how you deal with right home functionality but when you have a a mind or a brain impairment or something along those lines people can't see it so it's very hard to deal with isn't it and it's it's the it's one of the biggest challenges with what we call mental health isn't it it's this idea that um chop your leg off everyone gets it but if you're massively depressed people don't see people seem to trivialize it almost don't they um and i think change, things have changed i hope you'd see that in your part of the world but it, it's it's a challenge for people isn't it to be able to to be able to articulate and get treated for those sorts of situations?
1: It, it's, it is a challenge because as soon as we attach the word mental to something, there's we seem to want to go into denial. Yeah. It, it's, it's not a flattering word. And so be, because we can't see it, feel it, smell it, touch it, It's so it's vague and oh it must just be in your head, right? Mm. (laughs) Yes, 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 it is. is. (laughs) But but the the more I study neuroscience and the tremendous advances that are being made in that realm we can actually do things in our work environments as teams, in our work environments as leaders. Uh, and if we're working as uh, independent freelancers, solopreneurs, that kind of thing, the things that we can do for in in order to maintain a wellness of the mind. Yes.
0: And, and it's interesting you say that because certainly um in my lifetime I've seen the word mental go from being a um an insult um yes. you know if you were mental you know that was a, an absolute insult when you when I was a youngster but now I mean the current generation seem to reclaim the words as long as other words being reclaimed and people wear mental health as a badge of honor we've got people in the British royal family talking about it all the time and now we're all in touch with our mental health and you know mental wellness and such like so it's it's quite fascinating to see how words evolve and and it's actually quite pleasant because actually the focus now the pendulum sluts swung the opposite way now we're not really interested in anybody who's got a bad arm it's how is your how's your mental well-being you know and and certainly in our world at the moment <laughs> we've got people with a lot, a lot of bad arms and arthritis but actually their mental health is pretty well looked after um uh, I mean, I'm saying that in a glib sort of way, I don't mean it to be, but it's but it's sort of true, isn't it? The, the, the pendulums do swing from time to time. So so how how did you begin to think that um, working with books, because a lot of people um, have, or they say, a book within them. Um, but one of the things that stops them is pro- procrastination, I suppose, lack of confidence on Poster syndrome, you know, all those sort of other <laughs> sort of casual excuses that we all use. Um How how do you, as a person, think, if I do have a book in me, how do I begin the process to
1: start writing one? Well, I think that perhaps, uh, as with anything, it's important to start with why. Why would I write this book? Um, Uh, Would I be writing it as a a legacy for future generations in my family? Would I be writing it to help support the realm of wisdom in this particular area that I am excited about? Or would this be a children's story that has value with the lessons that it brings for opportunity for discussion the kind of book whether it's you know sharing that uh, those recipes of dishes that you've made with grandma or whether it's bedtime stories you told your children or whether it's uh Somewhere in the area of thought leadership, that you're building something that is, that is, that has some remarkability about it, that, that encourages and invites people to the conversation. It doesn't really matter to me what the topic is, it's your why that will drive you and motivate you to, to commit to the task and get it done.
0: Okay, so so let's say I'm thinking of writing a um i don't know a horror book because that's something I'm interested in so are you saying that just having an idea and writing it is insufficient? I need to somehow understand the bigger picture of other context of why I'm writing it, or is it just about my it, own personal motivation
1: It could be just your personal motivation I see. that it's it This is something I've always wanted to do and I want to see what it feels like to finish a manuscript. Yeah,
0: Yeah. It's an achievement achievement in its own right. I mean, there's more resilience required in writing, I often think, than than anything else because it brings together that being judged thing that need to be critiqued and, and actually being critiqued in a way that's about what you've written very personally, even if you're writing writing a book of non-fiction, that critique is about something you you, you generated yourself. I remember working uh, with uh, one of the big newspapers in in the UK and a journalist telling me, when someone critiques my article, they've actually critiqued me. And and it's very hard sometimes to separate ourselves between the words we've written and the the content that we've delivered. So there's a lot of resilience required, even just to deal with that that sort of process, would you say?
1: very definitely however i want to qualify that with if you were if you recall a time in your life whether it was at university or back in in elementary school where you were in a position where your papers your your examinations and so on were being graded mm. There were times when you felt as though the evaluation that appeared, uh, perhaps on your report card, exhilarated you and empowered you to go, yeah, and I could do even better next time. And there were others, other events perhaps that took place where you may have felt diminished, Mm. disheartened, like, Quitting would have been the best choice of all, and so I caution people when if they are looking for critiquing, to choose their critiquer wisely.
0: Right.
1: Because there, there's no one size fits all, and I pride myself on on my ability to to bring out. The very, very best in, in the, the people that I work with uh, who are becoming authors so that at the end of the exercise they can take a deep breath and go, yes! And whether it moves toward the stage of being published or not is their is personal choice. Yes. We're what I'm dealing with is fulfilling the goal to complete the manuscript. Yes.
0: And, and of course, a lot of people who have written books see that as being the end in itself, but you can have a manuscript sit, sitting on your desk. And mm-hmm. another phase of it is, do you have a manuscript sitting on your desk that somebody else can read? And, and that's a secondary process, isn't it? Which is all about the business side of writing. And, yes and what's your view on this uh, Donna do you think that uh, many writers make good marketeers or business people or do do you think they're different skill sets how, how do you get people to handle that
1: they're, they are entirely different skill sets um in in some cases uh, people want to be uh, they want to be noted as the Amazon bestseller mm-hmm. I like to ref- I I like to refer people to someone else to help them manage that portion of the project. My expertise is more aligned with the, uh, the magic of the words, the, 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 the reader journey, if you will, yes. uh, the, that's, that's my, my forte. And as, as far as, as marketing stuff goes, I mean, are we all good at selling ourselves? Are we all good at copywriting and finding just exactly the right message to attract mm. uh, the, uh, the, the newcomer to, into our particular marketing space? We don't all have that expertise. Let's leave that to the experts.
0: Yeah, good idea. Good idea. And, if, of course, you've written your own book, which is, I think, what, Life of a Tortoise, was
1: that? Something along those lines?
0: Great lessons, lessons I learned from, a tor- from the Less- tortoise. So what, yes. what's this about?
1: Uh, Lessons I Learned from the Tortoise is uh, a book that contains 22 lessons, 22 lessons that Aesop didn't write about. When Aesop originally wrote the fable, he said uh, that the moral was that winning the race didn't necessarily always go to the swift. Hmm. But as I take it, for instance, one of, the, one of the lessons in the book is that uh, multitasking sucks. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and we're now finding research that says exactly that. Yeah. That at the end of the day, if what you're doing is moving from one thing to another, to another, to another, all you're doing is moving from one level of distraction to another, to another. And at the end of the day, you feel as though you've accomplished nothing. So uh, in speaking with a group of women uh, recently, we were talking about multitasking and and I said, you know, sometimes it can feel like we're being drawn in different directions, but what if we have these three things on our plate to do? Could we just focus on one and get that one done with first instead of Doing the hippity hop back and forth,
0: and and it's interesting. It's an interesting dilemma, isn't it? It's one of those things where, certainly in a work setting, people take, will often say to me when I'm coaching, you know, I've got seven things and they're all equally important, and of course they're not, but they seem to be equally important. And I think you have to be able to break down that idea of how do you prioritize. Uh, And that's really important, isn't it? Because switch tasking, which you call hippity hot, which I love, I think it's much better. (laughs) um, is actually so bad for us, you know, brain wise and energy wise. It's 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 actually one of the modern curses, really. So um, I'm very taken with your idea that you really just and I know I'm victim of this myself because I don't control my own thoughts in this area. I mean, I always say I've not written seven books and I should really be thinking about how to just finish one. And, um, and I suppose that's, that's advice that you would give everyone, really, to take those three tasks, genuinely prioritise, and then move to that single, single thing and finish it off.
1: Well, uh, I was just reading recently that when it comes to having this multiplicity of choices in, in front of you, what if you thought of them as individual purchases that you were going to make? how would you prioritize the the purchase list mm. which one would come first
0: well, and that's a nice idea isn't it i like that idea because part of the problem here is that we're we're governed by other people's hot messes aren't we and certainly in a work <laughs> setting what we're often doing is coping with our boss who's who's made a massive you know fool of himself again and uh, and you're digging someone out, out of a hole um but I think, I think it's interesting because when we come to our own lives, I, it's famously said in academia that the best way to get your house painted, the best way to get all your cupboards tidied, and the best way to, um, to really sort of figure out how to get those carpets cleaned is to decide to write a master's thesis. And all those things are preferable. <laughs> we do all of those things instead. I mean, my garage was never tidier when I was doing my doctorate. <laughs> <laughs> well because there's, uh, there's, a, there's an, a there's a discipline that's required to do what carl newport describes as deep work isn't there and um, it, and that's where coaches really come into the own. i'd say wouldn't you uh
1: very much so uh i i love your choice of the word discipline uh i after after six months of insatiable reading i wrote my 169-page master's thesis in three months. Hmm. My yeah. committee had me change three sentences. Yeah. Uh, it, there's there's a discipline that uh, that is necessary, but there's a there's another there's another piece that is so important in in what you raised, Russell, and that is that. Uh when we continually shift our focus from one thing to another to another, the research is saying that we are encouraging our brains to not be able to sustain attention to a task.
0: Yeah.
1: And that's that's critical. In terms of workplace well-being, if we are going to be able to expect that our team members can each equally sustain attention to a task for 50 minutes of the 60 minute hour.
0: And I think this is fascinating, isn't it? Because that is the beginnings of how you develop things like neuroplasticity, not just doing different things, but doing them to a level where uh, where, all the research is based on early neuroplasticity was on musicians and taxi drivers. And they're people who do lots of different things, but to a high level, not superficially skimming over the surface of things. Right, right yeah I uh, say that. So tell me a little bit. so obviously you're, you're a, um, a very established coach. Uh, and is the coaching all about the book writing or do you do you help people generally as well?
1: I I help people with the book writing, but I also uh, work with individuals uh, in whether they are looking for a, a, a different w- way of operating in, in the working world or whether they are leaders of teams. Uh, managers, CEOs, uh, owners of uh, multi-million dollar corporations, and the individual—the uh, individual coaching is important to me. But so also is working with those team leaders and their teams simultaneously. And in that respect, I've built a program that I call the Tortoise, the Hare, and the Hippocampus. In, in terms of, of addressing the the neuroscience that makes teams ex- experiencing engagement and joy and, and and fun as as they participate in, in a in a process that is uh, Don all unique and different.
0: Brilliant so um donna it's um it's been a joy to talk to you today and you must tell us how to find more of your work so the book i'm guessing is on amazon it's...
1: yes it is uh lessons i learned from the tortoise uh, yeah. by donna Dahl. Uh, i'm so i'm so humbled by the, the the many five-star reviews that have appeared there uh with respect to the book it's timeless people have found it to be Life changing, yeah.
0: And, oh, some fascinating um, reviews, uh, and I'm I look on the um, American and Canadian and British um, sites, and they've all got very interesting different perspectives on that. And how about a website or Facebook or social media? How do we find you there? Obviously, we'll link in the show notes, but it's always uh, good to hear you say it.
1: I'm uh, I'm Donna Dahl on LinkedIn. D O N N A D A H L. Um, I am uh, donnapdoll.com is where you'll find me with respect to my my work as a manuscript maven. And uh, if you would like to uh, book a discovery call with me, I'm calendly.com slash Donna Doll. Hi, everybody.
0: I hope you found that episode useful and interesting feedback is always welcomed and if you're in the mood to subscribe to us or even leave a comment on itunes or stitcher that would be amazing if you want to suggest ideas or even people you would like me to interview then reach out to us at qedod.com forward slash contact as i said earlier you can go to qedod.com forward slash podcast for show notes or follow the links